Oh, we're live. The Severe MMA podcast in video form is back. A UFC Dublin extravaganza here. Joined for this special occasion by... What are you laughing at, Pizzi? We're off to a bad start already. <laughs> extravaganza got me. Would you, would you not agree? No, I would, I would, I would. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, I am, unfortunately, I'm having to manually switch between all of these things here. There is definitely a way that as soon as whoever speaks... Uh, it'll switch their face. So, Sean, give me a blast. I reckon I fucked it up because I was the first one to press it. I reckon you did. It's okay. I can do it manually from here. Um, we have a different podcast planned for today. This is going to be going out. For those of you that are listening to our normal podcast services, sorry, but you're missing out on all of our beautiful faces talking, discussing Peter Carroll's laugh and visual <laughs> form. There's so many bonuses to this great podcast as well as trendy headphones and construction work going on in Peter Carroll's uh, Next door house. Building a so, jacuzzi. They're building a jacuzzi. I, I don't know. What they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> this is Blanchardstown, lads. They're not building a fucking jacuzzi. <laughs> um, first things first, because we've got a couple of tweets about it. Before we get all bogged down, UFC Dublin, Pizzi, we were down in Cork at the weekend. Yeah. Cage Kings 3, they put on a, another very, very good show. Uh, your, your initial thoughts on the horrific drive back to Dublin. Fucking double and to, and to, to I don't know civilization. It it was hard, you know. Some some way along the way, I thought we lost. I never thought I'd see Dublin again. You know, the the roads that were built for horses. It was hard. You know, people were speaking a different language. We Did managed... you pass horse and jockey? Yeah, we were laughing. We we're saying everyone from Cork knows where that is, and we've never heard of it before in our lives. <laughs> do you know horse and jockey? I do. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's a bit of it is a bit of a long trek, even worse for uh, for me. Nearly four hours it took me to get home. But tell me, the standard of the card? Are you as big a fan as Cage of Cage Muay Thai as I am? I'm terrified of it. You know I am. I'm absolutely. As I was saying to you, it's as rare to win a decision in Cage Muay Thai as it is to get a go-go play in MMA. You know. But uh, then the main event was actually um, it was a decision. But yeah, it's it's just it's just the. Uh, I suppose it's the same reaction people get when they see MMA for the first time. It's just, it's interesting seeing the guys uh, with the smaller gloves on. Um, you know, it's it's definitely full of spectacles. You know, it's very exciting stuff. You know, everybody, the, the atmosphere at them, the cage movie toy fights is absolutely incredible. You know, the place was the place had a pulse nearly. You know what I mean? It was really swelling when they, when they were uh, exchanging. But um, yeah, it was it was a great night and. Um, the MMA, the the MMA was pretty good as well. I thought, I think I like the way that mixes together. You know, I don't, I don't really mind that. It, I like a bit of variety. People don't usually like them mixed cards, but I don't mind them. I think the fact that the way that they spaced them out, that you weren't getting just all the MMA, all the Thai, all the cage Thai in and out. I think it was actually designed to have people there for certain parts of the card, depending on who it was, the order of the fights. So James Gallagher ultimately being the the main MMA fight of the evening. Uh, very good pro debut. Looked very calm. Looked very composed. Uh, one thing that you said in particular, his shot selection has improved so much. So yeah. when he was, um, instead of being mounted maybe a year ago, he would have been raining down shots. This time he was very composed and making sure every shot counted. Yeah, and it was just um, the control he had. As soon as that fight went to the ground, it was kind of, it was, he was on a completely different level. He was so calm. It was like he wasn't even moving there in side control. But obviously... Dennis is a big guy. He would have got up if he could have. But um, it was we, we were very close to the action there, and we could see we could see the way it was going. He was just so calm. He moved moved through that them transitions effortlessly from side control to neon belly, and then you know mount then taking the back. It was so smooth. 
and then he can remember he kept himself in place with the body triangle and his arm went straight under he got he got the arm straight under the neck uh, um and you know it was as soon as we saw that going and we knew we knew the fight was over um it's gonna be really exciting to see him going obviously this is a guy we've been we've been looking forward to his pro debut since he's 15 which seems incredible you know what i mean it's been he's been that good you know to, to stand out at that age is is really you know it's it's fairly isolated we don't really hear much of you know young teens like that making such big impressions on John Cabin. And then, finally, before we get on to uh, UFC Dublin, I know you something that I will link back to later on about the atmosphere and link it to maybe the potential atmosphere we're going to have at UFC Dublin later on. But, Sean, uh, through the magic of severe MMA, you were able to see the first ever Baron Bolo captured in <laughs> MMA by Lee Hammond. As a man that absolutely despises jiu-jitsu, uh, let's, let's get your thoughts <laughs> <laughs> I like the spin and back fist more than the, the Baron Bolo now, I have to say. That was fucking unbelievable. It was one of the best knockouts I've seen in a long time. Um, but next he's, June he's Stadium... Going viral. He's going viral. He's going viral. How many views is it already? I, said I, get a I think it's on 27,000. Uh, 27, Not bad. It should have more than that. But um, Neptune Stadium, yeah, I was glad I wasn't there. It was my... Uh, I, hate <laughs> I hate that fucking blood. Like I, I talked about the podcast before, but I did my exam. Like I went to UCC, I did my exams there, and it was just the lapidated shit all in the whole world. So I let you take that one. That's great. I have to check that fucking Dublin now next week for this UFC card. So this week, it's only a few days, Sean, until you get to travel up to Dublin. Yeah, I got a got a notification this morning. Actually, your trip to Dublin is four days away. Jeez, I went straight down to the doctor and got my shots. <laughs> That's not a notification that you probably did. That's a notification you probably did not relish getting at all. That's all right. When I get to see, when I get to see the beautiful Pizza Carol's face in person. Well, as as if the Sean Sheehan heartbreak couldn't have been any worse. Uh, Stipe and Ben fell off the card last week. We discussed it on the podcast. We thought maybe there could have been a replacement. Uh, some people put themselves forward. A couple of people saying Ben Rothwell turned a couple of offers down, a couple of fights down. Um, you seem to be the one that's most annoyed about this, Sean. Yeah, like, I'm. I think Pizzi's a bit annoyed about it as well. Are you Pizzi? Yeah, I am. I am a little bit, but um, but I mean, I am and I, I am and I am. Like, I mean, it's all, it's all about the uh, the Irish guys really over here. That the 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 event, the atmosphere in the place is going to be based on what happens with the Irish fighters. I think you know what I mean. It kind of, as far as last year is concerned, it all seemed to build from Paddy upwards. You know what I mean. Even though Paddy was one of the loudest crews. Of the night, I just think I think the reason why everyone's here is to see Irish guys is is see the Irish fighters. But um, obviously, I love watching heavyweights. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's just unbelievable watching heavyweights go at it, and that would have been really good for the Irish crowd because I suppose we're used to smaller guys over here. You know what I mean? So yeah. that would have been, it would have been nice. But I mean, I know I, I know what we're all after. You know what I mean? We all want to see the Irish lads go about their business. Well, I do anyway. I don't know. I think like. When they were, you know, when they were building the card, like Cahill went on to it, then Neil Seary and Paddy and all. I think there was something missing, like, and I think that just added the bit to make it like a real UFC card. Like after that fight was taken off, it I think it was um, Capozzo over on Twitter pasted like, "Oh, this is a great Cage Warriors card." Like, and it does look like a bit of a Cage Warriors card in fairness. Now, like all those guys, the Irish guys and the English guys and the Scottish guys, they deserve to be in the UFC like they all made their win there, but like it still does have the look of a Cage Warriors card on it, and like there's nothing wrong with that, fair enough but this is the UFC like and you want something extra, and I think that heavyweight fight did give it something extra, like it was two top ten ranked heavyweights and like, I know it, I when that was announced on it I was like, oh this is great, this is a good like it's not a great card, it's not the best card in the world this is a good card, this is a UFC card like 
Mm. But obviously with that gone off it now it it's it's still a good card, like it's do you think it's because maybe that 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 fight had particular kind of uh, resonation with the title? You know, there was something that could yeah. directly affect, you know, like a title that we're going to champions. Maybe that's maybe that's why it feels like we've been robbed of something. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah, it's that as well. But the fact that it's heavyweights, as you said, like people yeah. love heavyweights. Like, and obviously, like we've two flyweights from Ireland. McGregor's a smaller weight. Like everyone basically is a small weight, and the heavyweights would have been great. I actually, I think it's a good fight too. Like I really like Stephen Miocic. I think he's a really good fighter. In Rotwell is good as well. Like, but maybe older, a bit older than um, a bit older than uh, a lot of them. But yeah, could have been a main. That could have been a main event somewhere else yeah, like, as well. It definitely, yeah, it definitely could. It, like for a fight night to have that heavyweight fight and Duffy versus Poirier, like that's that's pretty good in the top two fights. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, it's just a pity. But the mood is what everyone's talking about. Um, I woke up this morning, turned on Facebook, and it was Peter Carroll that greeted me, fight week, blah, 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 blah and I was just like, <coughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it is. There's some, for me, there is something different about it. Maybe it's just the last UFC Dublin had, um, had the Connor effect and people were going nuts from beforehand. Maybe it's that any time I consider a fight week or anything like that, it usually involves us traveling somewhere or having to get a ridiculous flight somewhere on a Tuesday. But I don't, I can't put into words what it is that's missing from it. I think by maybe tomorrow or Wednesday, when you know people start arriving and you start seeing it on social media, that's when it's gonna um, start to pick up, and that's when people maybe will start to get a little bit more excited. The one thing I will say, if you're looking for any UFC Dublin tickets. Uh, Neil Siri actually has a load of them in, and he's uh, saying anyone just message him on Facebook. Mm. And, or Twitter. Uh, he said you could just tweet him either that he <laughs> say be readily available. He yeah. said he's going to give the first fifty people that tweet him, you'll be entered into a draw. So for free tickets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, that's very nice. Yeah. Um, but what I mean is, or what I meant to say was, a lot of people are selling their tickets now on Twitter. I'm seeing more and more. Please retweet a couple of UFC tickets. Uh, PC, you actually seem to think. There could have been a couple of people that bought these tickets and then found out Conor McGregor's not fighting on the card. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard a few people like telling me that, like you know what I mean? Like, oh, we bought that for the for the Dublin show, and uh, I don't know why McGregor's not on the card. We just expected it to be like, and then you know they didn't look at the card at all up until now, and they're like, oh, turns out <laughs> Conor isn't fighting, you know? But uh, that's that's the thing. I suppose that was what Bama was all about. People just see UFC and think Conor McGregor, don't they? A lot a lot of people like, and you can't blame them for that either. Just going to a show, you know, a lot of people that go to boxing events, it's kind of like. You know, a night out for a lot of people, and I think a McGregor fight is 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 something that kind of captures the attention of the whole nation now, rather than just our little freak bunch. <laughs> you know? But uh, I think that's a bit like they just saw UFC, so they bought the card. But um, I mean, they bought tickets. But uh, you know, I think I think Duffy has a massive chance here to take to become a completely different animal in terms of his trajectory if he, if he gets a victory on this card. Obviously, uh, Connor is saying it's like you know the Connor McGregor contingency plan, but I think if he has a win here, you know Connor still has a massive opposition out there, like people that don't like him. He he's going to become an even bigger symbol than he already is for that opposition if he takes a victory here. You know he's gonna he's gonna take on a whole new kind of shape for the fan base, I think, and and I think it can it's nearly going to be coming down to like um you know why, why can't he be more like Duffy? Yeah, like you know because he because he is the opposite of him. He's the opposite of him in terms of the way he speaks about fights. Um, you know, um, 
he's obviously very he's a very aggressive fighter once the bell goes, but just in terms of the, the complaints that people have about Connor, Duffy's the opposite, you know. He's not very outspoken. He doesn't really uh, ridicule his opponents like um you know, and he doesn't kinda have that that kind of outward sense of dominance. Like before the fight even takes place, Connor will talk about how, how easy the fight's gonna be from and stuff and whereas you know, Joe obviously takes a very measured approach. I think I just can see it happening. Like I don't know why. Like I mean, if he wins, I can imagine it's going to break off into two sections, and you know, eventually you're going to have this card in Ireland, and it, and it could be incredible. But um, I think I think he has a lot to gain. You know, and this is obviously his first ranked UFC opponent as well, so there's a lot on the line here, and I, I can't wait to see how he reacts. You know, Sean, it looks like you're gearing up to say something there, and have been for about two minutes. <laughs> oh, hear me. Yeah, no, we can hear you now. Maybe you were actually just okay. stuck. Maybe your picture was stuck yeah. with your mouth slightly open, so it looked like you were about to start speaking there for about a minute. I was like, I have to let Sean come in here. That's a- oh, there he is, Peter. He's gone. Ah, look, Limerick, man. What look, can you say? What do we say about the west of Ireland? <laughs> the, the southwest of Ireland. They have absolutely nothing. Until Sean gets his act together and comes back into us, I suppose we can just break this card down a little bit more. Unfortunately... Yeah. Uh, since we've lost Sean Sheehan, Bubba Bush versus Garth McLennan, Darren Elkins versus Robert Whiteford, all of the people that Sean Sheehan <laughs> would well be able to talk about, we are not going to be able to talk about. Did you actually see Robert Whiteford? I interviewed him there the other day. And I did. He's very upset with his place in the card. Very upset. He, um, is, is, is Sean back in? Yeah, he is. He's finally back. He's got himself together. Can well, stop talking about Robert Whiteford now for a second, or what we do. <laughs> Jeez, you want that about Robert Con- Whiteford? Yeah? Continue to talk about Robert Feetie. Yeah, I mean, um, he seems very disappointed about his placement on that card. And when you kind of look into it as well, I mean, Darren Elkins is uh, the ranked guy there as well. You know what I mean? It seems like to be second from from the from the top of the card seems a bit harsh, I suppose. But uh, I don't know. I suppose they're trying to they're trying to cater for the crowd that's coming in, aren't they? But uh, did you see that quote he, quote he said about Ireland? He's going to get a lot of fans off that, I tell you. Did you not see it on Sevier this morning? Lads. What is that? I don't know. Hang on, I'll tell you now. I, I, I don't want to get it wrong. <laughs> I don't want to get it wrong, lads. Hang on. Yeah, in fairness, in fairness to Whiteford, he He's did uh, he did really take the compliment that we give him in Scotland about the atmosphere that he got, the reaction that he got. And he said. For you to even compare that anywhere near the Dublin crowd means a lot to me, and he—that's why he really wanted to fight in Dublin so he could experience that atmosphere as well himself firsthand. Are you ready for this quote? Yeah. Oh, so ready. Go on. I'm not anticipating a frosty reception at all because I was asking about Redmond fight. You know, I always think that the Irish are the same as the Scottish. We fought in the same battlefield against the same enemy. We bled together, and I'm looking for the Irish to bleed with me again on October 24th. Whiteford's, Whiteford's name is bled on the battlefield. That's what he, that's, that's what he was short saying about. So if we take a throwback, a fight before, a fight that really sounds like it should be contested between two extras out of the Happy Gilmore film, Bubba Bush versus Gareth McLennan, Sean Sheehan. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Go Got a piece of that one. Fucks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Two Oops. great lads. <laughs> two, two fine men. Jesus Two fighting men. <laughs> <laughs> there's a man. There's a man here for any man. Uh, yeah. So will they we bought, will we put this one down to let's wait and see what happens in the night? They both lost to Magnus Sinnenblad, and that's their only loss in, in their career careers. But, that's um, all I know about this it, fight. I, I can remember. I was actually is uh, McLellan like a South African? Is he? 
Is that the same guy? Yeah, that's him, yeah. Yeah, I can remember he had so yeah. much hype coming into the UFC, and I remember his, his debut, I uh, I wasn't impressed at all. Um, you know, no, I don't think... He's not he didn't... I can't really remember who he fought now, but I can remember being very disappointed with, with the uh, the fight. I thought he gassed very early, I think. And it was a fairly... There wasn't a lot of exchanges, you know what I mean? It was kind of like two guys feeling each other out for three rounds. Peter Carroll just inaccurately described losing his virginity there uh, <laughs> over the past two minutes. Can't even remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. but that was, I, I, it's, it's, it's five past four in the day. My head's in the gutter here. I'm going to have to drag it out straight away. We can get to a fight now that we're actually going to talk about and relish. Uh, I can't wait to see it. Cahill Pendred and Tom Breeze. Um, the fight that so many people actually wanted to see on the European domestic scene for years. Tom Breeze went away for a while. Cahill went forward. Now they're finally on a collision path. Uh, Pete, you have a cup in your mouth, so I'll leave it to Sean to take this one first. When you say um, Tom Breeze went away, you don't mean he went away like Reza Madadi. He just went away from MMA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're very similar, I think. Um, both guys are kind of... They like to push guys up against the fence, make it a dogfight, take them down, land a lot of ground and pound. I think... Um, Pinterest is maybe better with submissions and stuff like that. Uh, Breeze, mostly ground and bound, likes to get in the mound, likes to batter guys. But on the feet, you know, Kyle is even kind of, he's kind of uh, made light of his own strike and people have criticised it a lot, even with the CM Punk thing and all. He's in the best striker in the world. He's, he's a big shot if he can connect it, but it's pretty slow, finds it pretty hard to land. And that's kind of been his downfall in the last while. But I think against Tom Breeze, Breeze is kind of similar. He's more accurate with his shots, but he is, his output is very, very low. He chose big hard shots <coughs> in his last, uh, his last fight, landed a big hard shot at the end of that. But this is, I think it's a pretty even fight. I think Pinterest is like 2-1 to one underdog. And I don't, I, don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's that sort of fight. Um, I think this is going to be two rounds to one dog fight, a lot of it up against the cage, a lot of trying to get takedowns and uh, a, a rough one I think Peter Carroll Irish Daily Mirror <laughs> um, I, think, I think the thing um, about Breeze is the thing that Kyle will be quite wary of coming into this fight is the improvement that it looked like he made between his last Cage Warriors yeah. fight and his, and his UFC debut I mean he looked very aggressive in Brazil as well a hard place to go you know he definitely had a finish on his mind and, he, and as, as Sean said he caught the guy with a big right hand I think it was um, to finish the night you know and he looked like he had that stop and power as well I think um, you know this sounds weird but I think Kyle needed to lose you know what I mean I think uh, you know, I think that will drive, that will get something more out of him. You know, even though um, you know he, he was winning fights, we didn't really see a big change in his uh, performances. You know, so I think Carl's the type of guy that if he loses a fight, you're gonna see something. You know, he's gonna try and combat that straight away. So in, in some ways, I think he needs that loss. And um, you know, I'm hearing reports from SPG that he's being very aggressive in his training. You know, um, his his submissions are meant to come on really really a lot like in, the, in his last few fights and we did see glimpses of that like you're going for very rare submissions as well and nearly pulling them off um, so I think like I think both of the guys are going to want to get top position on the on the ground as soon as they can obviously Tom Breeze is a very good jiu-jitsu player as well but I'd be very interested to see them kind of you know in grappling exchanges um, obviously both the guys were kind of well known on the European scene for their ability to take their opponents down you know their wrestling kind of 
dictated a lot of our victories. So you know, I, I think um, I think Penn, I think the Irish crowd are going to have a big impact in this as well. Although even though Breeze has gone to Brazil, he was very early on in that card, um, and as we saw last year, the Irish guys come in straight from the beginning and. It does sound absolutely mental when they're all going at it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he reacts to that. And um, I really like the fight, though. You know, I think I think it's um, I think it's a really good fight, and it's an, an exciting fight in terms of European MMA. You know, um, this could be the one example, though. Of well, I can't really say one example because we're only off <coughs> last year. But with Paddy opening the card last year, that was your reason for so many Irish being there from the get-go. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be too surprised if this one isn't as full at the because first two fights no Irish interest then Cahill maybe it could be the case of oh she will get there later on they're in a pub they're having pints sort of thing they've missed the first two fights and then oh it's only Cahill I think there could be something like that and the, whoever is there all the Irish there will be completely supporting them I just think that uh, this fight may not be as full from the get go as uh, last year's. But I mean, Ash's second, so I mean, you'd say, I'd say a few people want to get in for that, you know what I mean? You see, the thing is, all the Irish people are so passionate about Irish people, you know, when they're doing anything competition-wise, so I can see... Well, then I'd have to ask Sean Sheehan why he didn't put in our little chat the running order of the fight card. I never did it, son. PC's fucking wrong. Don't listen to him at all. Am I? I thought Ash was second from the card. Darren Elkins and Robert Wright for the second. That's what Wikipedia says, anyway. I thought that was first, and then no, yeah, Rob. Now your right wife was saying he was second. So, yeah. and where's Ashton Bastian? She is, hold on, let me look in. She's fourth. She's fourth. She's after Carl. Right, sorry, I have an Irish boys, but sorry about that. I thought it was. Um, I, I, I think. think it was, make, I think you make a good point though about the crowd. Like Colin, his Cage Warriors fights and that fight against Mike King last year, he play, kind of plays off the crowd a lot. Like he's been caught in bad places, like being knocked down and hurt, caught in submissions. And like the crowd has kind of got behind him, and he's made comebacks. Like if you watch any of those Cage Warriors videos, you see like the crowd getting up behind him. I know it's it's only like nine hundred or thousand people or whatever in in that compared to uh, like whatever will be there at the weekend. But I think he'll be hoping the crowd is is big and uh, and loud for him. But uh, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a close fight. What do you think, Andrew? Um, I think it could end up turning into a kickboxing match. Both guys, like, we think both guys are... What did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, them floorboards, them floorboards, eh? <laughs> um, um, I think you can see them cancelling each other out. And I'm not too sure, like, no disrespect. I know that it's uh, all part of the fight promotion and building up the guys that are in your stable. But I do think that Eric O'Keefe is slowly making me believe that everybody from TriStar is the pound-for-pound pound best fighter to ever live. Uh, the stuff that he is putting on Facebook, really getting behind all of his guys, Tom Bree, Stephen Ray, Joseph Duffy, all coming over out of Ireland next week. He really seems to be relishing the support that all of these fighters are getting internationally. And uh, I don't know, that's just kind of throwing a curveball at me. It's like, what if he's telling the truth? What if these guys are as good as, as he's saying? What if they have made such massive improvements under Faraz Zahabi and the guys over at TriStar? that we're going to see maybe the second branch of European fighters now coming into the UFC, the ones that are heading away to the States at a time when mixed martial arts and the sports is more developed and we're seeing a much better output from them. I agree. It's difficult to know what Breeze as well because, as you said, he was away from the sport for a long time. And like, he's only had one fight back since being at, um, since being at uh, TriStar. Isn't he? I don't think he was there for his last case. Maybe he was, but one or two fights anyway at most. 
And like what Firas Abbey does, if you Patrick uh, Wyman did an interview with him there maybe a year or so back now, and when guys go there, he kind of if he has them for a long time, he'll break them down and kind of build them back up. So Breeze is probably in that stage now. So he could be, a, as PZ said, he improved an awful lot in his last fight. You could see that go up again, and maybe not an improvement in in you know in like his jiu-jitsu or his boxing, but maybe a, just a difference. Like he might come out and fight in a different way than he usually does, or something like that. You know, um, Firas Abbey is real is a real kind of thinker man, and you know he's. They'll know Carl Benjamin well. The, the team uh, Breeze know obviously know him well. Zahabi will know him well, and uh, uh, yeah, like this, uh, we'll get on to uh, serious as uh, our um, Lewis Moore kind of a minute. But like for his last fight against Neil Siri, like I think that kind of happened to him. He changed an awful lot between fights, and that's something that's uh, with kind of new guys to to the UFC that you'll you'll be seeing an awful lot. So. Oh. There we are. Sorry, I was interrupted there for a second. He demanded a shout-out. Dave Fogarty, our photographer yeah. who's watching us, tried to ring me to interrupt the podcast, and I put my, uh, my mute on the microphone. He's like, just uh, let me talk there for a minute. I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> What's See you later. I don't know. I think he might have a message for his fans. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we might as Oh, no, I know exactly what he wanted. He wanted a shout-out, so I'll give it to him. Dave Fogarty, finally, some MMA are getting into the combat area of mixed MMA, martial arts. Yeah. MMA fighter Dave Fogarty knows him. MMA fighter Dave Fogarty. He's going to be representing Ireland at the IMAF European Championships in Birmingham at the 125 division. Dangerous Dave Fogarty. He's going to be sporting the Severe MMA logo and podcast logo on his shorts as well. Uh, whether he knows that or not yet, uh, I suppose I've just surprised him with the announcement here on the show. Moving on, though. Um, according to yeah, Ashing Daly versus Eric Almeida. When you look at the terms of this fight where it puts people in the 115 division, I have said before that I think if Ashing was matched with someone like Paige Van Zandt, it's actually a very winnable fight for her, and it could be the fight that really pushes her up towards the higher end of that division. But it seems to me, and from what I was reading online, that there's not many women's fights being matched at the minute. Women can't get matched, whether the UFC aren't matching them or choosing not to match them, maybe having to put them on cards where there's going to be eyes on them as opposed to putting them on cards like this. What is the state of the 115 division at the minute? Either or yeah, I think you have a, you have a, it's kind of very similar to the bantamweight division. You know, you got a champion on top there that you can't see really falling off. And then with the likes of Paige Van Zandt, you, 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 like, I mean, this argument has been made quite a bit. Like, I mean, uh, UFC obviously a slow building there with that Alex Chambers match there in the last fight, but um, you know you can't see. I can never see Paige Vincent challenging uh, Joanna. There's no, I can't see it happening. You know it's a completely different. I know she's very dogged. I know she's very aggressive, but Joanna's very aggressive and she's technically unbelievable. You know it's it's. Um, I think it's quite similar to the Rousey situation at bantamweight, and, and the more Joanna competes, the more people are going to see that. You know. Um, and, and in fairness to Ash, like Ash has put it out there about Paige, like she's she's not she's certainly not shying away from that one. She's made a few comments to say, like you know, she she can see what they're doing there. She doesn't know how they're eventually like obviously, UFC would be thinking the best money for them would have <coughs> would be to build Paige Van Zandt up to fight Joanna because a lot of people would tune in them um, to see the strawweight division. I suppose that's that's probably one of the bigger fights they could put on now. But um, you know, Ash Ash is fairly certain as you just said. You know, she if she got Paige Van Zandt, she'd probably have that too much experience for her. And you know, the last thing UFC wanted to do was is um, kill a star. You know, 
Yeah, like I mean, it's. I know people don't like to admit that, but of course, of course like boxing, boxing's been doing it for years. Why not do it? You know. Conor McGregor needs to fight a wrestler. Sean, what do you think? <laughs> do you know what I was just saying to Jay? Do you know what I was saying to Graham actually earlier? Isn't it funny that like um, a UFC Dublin that? No, I, oh, this was me. I didn't sleep last night, so I was up. And um, he was saying, uh, I was saying it was funny. Like I was just thinking back to UFC Dublin last year, and that question of uh, Connor's wrestling thing that was so pertinent going in. Ah, he's only got Brandeo. He's not a wrestler. Yeah. And now we see Joe Duffy in seven months. He's main event, and I haven't heard anyone say, uh, "How's his double leg defense?" You know, it's just it's just interesting the way people look at these things. You know what I mean? I suppose the only time Joe's been taken down, he locked up an arm So I mean, probably. But I, I just think it's interesting the way the 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 two trajectories have gone. You know. I think they were able to do that with Connor though because his uh, his losses were submission losses. So they were yeah. able to just put two and two together and assume that Conor McGregor got blast doubled and then violently submitted in those two fights, even though the people that were saying this had more than likely not seen the Joseph Duffy loss at the time or the. Um, Oh, I can't even say his last name. Stinikov or something like that? Stankov. Stankov. Um, had probably seen those submissions. So we'll... But Duffy's only lost his by submission. Yeah. So there you go. How come he can't wrestle? Peter, answer the question. <laughs> can he Can he defend a double leg? That's what I'm... <laughs> no, just, I'm, not, I'm not saying just that. Just up to him this week okay. at the media day and shoot. Yeah, I'm just going to shout it in the press area on Thursday. Ah! <gasps> Can you do it, Joe? <laughs> if we're, if we're looking back at this fight, though, Eric Allen made a, a little bit of grappling pedigree about her. I do think we could be looking at a Rosie Saxon versus Asting Daly 2.0 fight from Cage Warriors a few years ago, and maybe it's going to be the, the difference in this one is going to see how Ashling has changed and evolved from that fight. So while she did look pretty good in some of the transitions in the ground against Rosie Saxon, you could see that the experience was just a little bit too much for her. Now I think it's roles reversed. I think Ashling is the more experienced one here in this position. And it could be her fight to throw away. I think that girl's I mean, never fought outside of Brazil. Oh, yeah. I don't think she's ever fought outside of Brazil, has she? Yeah. She Almeida's kind of she's a good fighter, but she uh, as you said there, maybe she needs kind of to improve a bit more before she's ready for the top level people. Um in her first uh, UFC fight, like there's a much really tepid, as you said, Peter there, a lot of her fights are in Brazil and uh, you know they're hard to watch and stuff, so we don't know that much about her, and I presume Ashley Daly doesn't know that much about her either. Um, but what, from what we do know about her, she has pretty good hands. She landed a nice big shot and nearly knocked her opponent out in her UFC debut, and then kind of judo tossed her. But on the ground in in the transitions, she wasn't the best. She kind of she ended up on bottom a lot of the time. Took a lot of ground upon, but she, you know. She's kind of one of those ones that can get held down, but she'll kind of slide out and she'll attack you with an armbar or a leg lock or a, a triangle or something like that, get on top. So she is dangerous, but like if Ashley Daly does her, comes out with her usual pressure game, land on a lot of strikes, take her down, land on top, I think I think there's a, a pretty uh, pretty good route to victory there. But as I say, Almeida will be dangerous. And this is a big fight for Ashley Daly. I saw her posting there on Facebook this morning. She's been posting a lot about, maybe more than anyone else, about how this is, you know, this is big. We saw Chris Fields and Johnny, John Redmond and stuff talking about how this, how they're fighting Bama was a big fight in the O2. And I think it's kind of the same situation now for Ashley Daly. Obviously, she wasn't there last year. She was in the Ultimate Fighter House. So this is a real culmination for her. Especially like she was there before most of them, like Conor McGregor and all those. She was she was there fighting over in America and um, really paving the way as well. So it's great to see her getting there. But yeah, it's um, should be a good fight. 
Sean, yourself and myself got a question on the podcast a couple of months ago, and I do think with the rumors coming out of the UFC in the last week, it actually may be one that we're going to have to address a little sooner rather than later. A lot of fighters got cut from the UFC there recently yeah. uh, at the weekend, and a rumor of up to 50 fighters being cut within the next two weeks is what was circulating around. Do you think the days of losing three in the bounce and you're gone, like, remember the uproar about Okami and Fitch being yeah. cut from the UFC? They fought at the weekend. Is, has that, like, have all of those people that uproared and Dana White to so-and-so, did they buy World Series of Fighting to watch that blockbuster? Like, <coughs> I fell asleep reading your messages about that fight. I don't even have to watch that fight. And I do think that there could be maybe a case now guys in the UFC, the Irish guys or European guys that go two and two, and that could be enough for the UFC to give them their walking papers. It, I think it really depends what division you're in. Like, if you're a welterweight or a lightweight, definitely you could be, you could be gone because there's so many. Like, if you're a heavyweight, yeah. you can lose you, 10 in a row. You're a main <laughs> man. If, like, I if still Ashton love Gailey, my boy with the rankings. <laughs> <laughs> if Ashley, like if Ashton Gailey wins two or three in a, or loses two or three in a row, she's, I don't think she's getting caught. The division is too small. Like, yeah, you make a good point. Like there is a lot of guys getting cut. Lucidi Garden getting cut. Um, Roger Navarez, a few more. Like the UFC have been cutting back. Like they don't have enough. They don't have enough fight nights to give everyone fights that they haven't rostered. What they have like 530 guys if they cut. If they cut what they're saying, they're going to have under 500 for the first time in I think it's three or four years or something like that. So with there was kind of a cutback of events this year as well near the end of the year I think there isn't as many events on Fight Pass and they have a new guy Eric Winter in there running on Fight Pass so it, they might be taking a different kind of a route to to putting on fights and stuff so yeah you could, you could see a lot of people and guys like Norman Park last two in a row now this is a big fight for him at the weekend like he he, he really needs to pull out the win here against uh, Reza Maradi and it's it's uh, it's a big fight for him and guys like that that was the segue that I was looking for there um, because it has he mentioned it in the interview with me Norman has mentioned that there is a chance he could get cut if he loses this fight um, some people seem to think that this is actually a very tough fight for him a lot of people that I know are picking Reza and have, um, have, apparently his price is very very good with the bookmakers as well for Norman though like maybe it, it has been that he hasn't been able to get out to California or get out to the place where he looked where you saw a notable improvement with his UFC fights as they were going along at the start of his career. He was out in the Lions. Then he brought the stuff back to Next Generation Northern Ireland. Has looked good as well. But I don't know. I do, I do think this is a defining moment in Norman Park's career. I think this fight is going to decide if he's going to fight in the UFC for the rest of his career and show his level that he's good enough to hang at the UFC or maybe if it comes with a loss, then the UFC may be kind of forced to give him his walking papers. I don't know. When you look at the guy's <clears throat> Norman Park, like Norman's face, like he he has taken a significant step up in the uh, last two fights. You know what I mean? And he and he didn't get beaten by all that much. You know, Tibel and Ronaldo both very like you know, Robo and very, Yeah, but very close, very close. And fights. also, yeah, bad decisions as well. You know what I mean? Like and like they're big step ups from Nayuka Katani. Like you know what I mean? They are. You know what I mean? I don't care how many guys he's fought in Japan. You know, this is the top table, you know, and I think that was a big step up. There's a big disparity between, like, you know, Tibau and Nayuko Katani. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to happen. And, I mean, I, that's what I, I'm saying that in in, uh, in regard to, like, you know, whether Alliance or Next Generation, 
because you know, in fairness, we've seen we've seen what these gyms can do from this country. You know what I mean? Uh, and we've seen <clears throat> we've seen that the, the new pros coming out of the next generation as well. So I, I think it's just very much about the step up in competition. He's had two fights, two hard fights back to back now. Resume Daddy like is a uh, he's very good at selling a fight. We you were know, at he, his last fight, Petey. Yeah, yeah, all those years ago, <laughs> 30, thirty months ago. Yeah, but I mean, he sells a fight. A lot of the reason why people are swaying is because he's talking about ripping Norman's head off and shit like that. You know what I mean? That's that gets you excited. Like that's great. I love that stuff. You know what I mean? That's that's fun. Um, so I think it's gonna be huge. The fact it's gonna be a huge factor how long it's been since he last fought. Um, mm -hmm. as Norman said when I interviewed him, you know, he bet Michael Johnson the last time, but it wasn't until after that fight that Michael Johnson really started improving. We saw like rapid improvements out of him. Then he, he became a a lightweight. <clears throat> he came he became a factor in that division. You know, after that loss, really. So, you know, and I do think you're right, Andrew. It is a very it's a big it's a crucial fight for for Norman. Um, does he does he have the most on the line in terms of the Irish? Probably say yeah he does, um, and and it's going to be Kenny Royce to the occasion, you know, and and that's that's a test that every fighter needs to kind of go through. So it's going to be interesting to see how he reacts to it. Um, I think personally, I, I I think Norman wins by decision. I just think uh, Badadi is gonna is gonna find it tough, you know, getting back in there in that atmosphere. And, and as we saw last year, the crowd really got behind Norman as well. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah, uh, like if this was happening. Two months or three months after that, Michael Johnson fight, or if he'd been fighting yeah. since even one, like I'd probably pick Mazamadik. I think his wrestling is very good. He has no striking at all, basically. Um, his wrestling is one of the best in the division. Well, that might be going to be far, but he's up there. Like it's very, very good. The way he he manhandled Michael Johnson and finished him was was brilliant. Like um, Norman Park, like Andrew talks about his judo hips a lot. He's a very good base. He's very hard to take down. I don't. Norman talks about his judo hips. <laughs> Your man will fucking stop him. You stop. It's hard to move if he gets on top, definitely. Yeah, but like, if if Razor comes in and he looks in tip-top shape, if he's uh, if he's uh, shaking off the old jail rust there, he might be okay. But like, I'd say he was owning that prison. I'd say he was owning. That yeah, shit. no, he was like, definitely the daddy. <laughs> He did have a bad time in there. It was like Goodfellas. You're not seeing where they're like cutting up the, the garlic with a razor blade and everything. <laughs> <laughs> you have girls coming in to see them. I'll tell you, no, a great no, no, it was, it was a just... prison break. A prison break sort of scenario. One of these. Look. <laughs> uh, that's, and I was going to say, it won't be the first Irish MMA exchange that he's had. Damien Rooney trained with him years ago out in Tiger Muay Thai in uh, Phuket, and he told me as well the one thing you have to watch out for is his wrestling. He said they call. He said, I, I, "I'm not sure if everyone called him it or he asked everyone to call him Mad Dog, but the name Mad Dog was being thrown around like crazy um, when he was training with them all, and he wrestled every single one of them, tucked him down, and controlled him on the ground." Yeah, okay. like, no one, no one wanted to jump in on that point. <laughs> Thing, uh, I think is a big thing here, as BC was saying there. Like, it, it, it's tough. Like, we saw Ken Velasquez coming back after so long out. We've seen him with so many fighters. Like, Rashad Evans spoke about it as well. Like, ring rust is a huge thing. And uh, if he's not at his, his A game, like, Norman Park is no Morgan. I, I think, uh, like, I'm picking Park to win because of because of uh, Madadi coming back without a fight in, what is it, two years? But, like... It could be close. Norman, Norman has a lot on the line. Should have uh, a lot of lads to travel down from Northern Ireland to support him. So you'd be hoping he gets to win and uh, and can send the UFC. 
Uh, we skipped. We got excited. We got ahead of ourselves. Scott Askham versus someone want to help me with that Chris first name Christoph. Yeah, Christoph Jocko. Christoph Jocko. Um, Askham is another guy, the bastion of UK MMA hope. A lot of people were bigging him up from the domestic days and then very happy to see him get his chance in the UFC. The one thing I do think is going to work in his favour massively is the crowd. First of all, he brings nutjob supporters with him. Wherever he goes, wherever he fights, he has guys that dress up in volume. The Irish are going to take to them very well. They're going to love him, and I wouldn't be surprised if they got right behind him. Um, yeah, I think I think it's Aston's fight, really. I, I, I'm not a Jocko hasn't really impressed me all that much, and Scott has had the big fight the last time he was out there. I think you know he has a lot of momentum working for him, maybe maybe a bit more than Jocko, and I, I fancy him to win the fight anyway. Um, I, I don't know you know where it puts him really, or you know where he's going, but I'm interested to see how, how he gets on. Gonna, I do fancy him to win though. I concur. How about that for a vague answer? <laughs> Perfect. Wow. <laughs> no, but I, I think his last fight was very good. His last, like he looked good in his last fight. Ask him, did you know he had a, he, uh, he was fairly devastating there at finishing that dude. So you know that's what we're here for. Devastating finishes. Are there yeah. going to be a couple of fights? Is this going to be the fight the UFC fans, the Irish fans, head away for a pint for, get themselves liquored up and ready for the absolute war? Siri <laughs> versus John Delo Reyes on that matter uh, Neil Siri just put a message on his Facebook page again thanking everyone uh, for all the support except Paul Redmond who went off to TriStar for his training camp now, <laughs> I think there's never more uh, there hasn't been a better status to describe exactly what Neil Siri brings to the table here everyone just seems to be getting behind him now the different like Andy Ryan has spoke before I remember he put up a thing up he then later told me jokingly Oh, no press for Siri. No one's looking for an interview, blah, blah, blah. And then he said he put that up and he had loads of people looking to talk to Siri. This time, it actually seems like there's a lot of people talking about Siri that are excited for this fight. He's built the reputation of what he's going to do in this fight. He's going to stand and trade. He's going to be the most exciting fight on the card. Pizzi, I know you are excited. I am, yeah. I'm always excited. You know, hopefully... This loss will be obviously series last fight in the UFC, and we can stop talking about him for a while. You know, <laughs> he obviously doesn't belong in there, you know, as we saw in Vegas. So, no money messing. Yeah, I think this. I, I watched the last race. Uh, Siri seems really convinced that this guy is gonna stand and trade with him. I'm not that convinced, uh, but uh, Siri certainly sees it. I don't. I don't think I haven't seen anything in him that I didn't see in like previous opponents, like Chris Bale. Who would have seen Chris Bale diving at Siri's legs? Like that was there. Uh, he was. I think. I still to this day think that UFC set Siri up for a loss that day in Sweden because Bill was dropping down. They needed flyweight challengers. They don't want to give it to any uh, like you know Siri obviously. And then he came in there and he absolutely ruined that guy's flyweight debut. You know, it was. Uh, and he nearly he nearly finished him at the end of it. Um, that's that's what really get the gets the crowd going with Siri. It's like that. You know, he makes it a dogfight, but he's got so much technique in them exchanges that people think they're going to be able to last in the pocket with him, and then they just start. You know, they start feeling feeling his power, and that's the end of it. Um, obviously, last year it was Phil Harris. He, he I think Phil Harris is somewhat a lot more one dimensional than um, Dallas Reyes. Dallas Reyes can put a few shots together. Uh, Harris looked like you know. Obviously, throughout the whole thing, he just tried to get Siri down. But uh, I certainly, I certainly hope for the for the sake of the spectators that uh, Dallas Reyes meets him in the middle and um, we see a bit of fisty cups, Bingless style. What's that? The equivalent of fighting outside a sport hall? Like? 
he's going to come out on horseback and uh, <laughs> jump, into the, <laughs> jump into the octagon. I don't want to mess with them. Yeah. You know, I do. I really, I think it's a good fight. I think it's a really good fight. I think it's, I think uh, he has more of a chance to stand up with Siri. And I'm interested to see how this strength and condition L Siri working on his body. Uh, apparently, he's gonna get a fake tan done and everything before he comes out and get a V shaved into his head. And he's gonna get some frosted tips. And you know what I mean? He's he's gonna completely remarket himself. So uh, it's gonna be very interesting. He's meant to have like you know six pack, you know, absolute beach body on him now after this strength and condition lesson. That's crazy. I'm telling you. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's Blimey. gonna get he's gonna get a sleeve as well just before the fight as well. He wants to, you know, he wants to appeal to the kids. That's what that's what I hear. Sean, you're a massive fan. I think uh, I disagree with you. I think this Dallas Reyes is gonna stand in the pocket and bang with him. Uh, his last fight over in the Philippines there was one of the fight of the years. Absolute war. Went to the ground an awful lot, but on the, when it was on the feet. He was just swinging, swinging hands, swinging hooks, swinging windmills, everything. If that happens against Neil Siri, we could be in for an absolute classic here. And I, I think he probably will. Um, as Pete said there, Siri throws technically very well in the pocket. I, I could see this fight being a little bit like uh, Gilbert Melendez against Diego Sanchez with like um, Dallas Reyes throwing like Diego Sanchez, just kind of throwing mad hooks, mad shots. And Gilbert Melendez kind of picking it, or Neil Siri as the kind of Gilbert Melendez role, kind of picking him off, uh, scoring more shots than him, maybe finishing him later or winning the decision. But I think this is going to be a really good fight. I wouldn't be surprised if it was uh, if there was blood drawn, if there was knockdowns, doctors coming into the cage, fight of the year candidate, fight of the night certainty. That's what I think. I think it's going to be brilliant. Neil Siri's going on with an extra 50 grand. Although it's the last thing that we want, I think Neil Siri's measurement of how good that he's done uh, could relate to how many fights break out in the crowd at any given time as well during his fight. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, very... oh, what's happening outside, PT? No, I didn't know. Just making sure, just keeping me sus about me, you know. <laughs> I think you're just trying to get your um, for you're obviously sponsored by Beats by Dre, so you have to turn yeah. to the side every while, once in a while, to get the hair the bee in. Yeah, that's it. That's it, monster. I didn't know anything about that. <laughs> Just a quick word from our sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after Neil Siri, Stephen Ray, absolutely unbelievable performance in Scotland. I'm a big fan. I do think he is the best hope that they have out of the Scottish MMA scene and maybe even the UK MMA scene in general. That's yeah. You couldn't really disagree with that. And I, I, I was actually expecting them. Um, a bit of a more of a step up in competition a for Steve. Fight, yeah. yeah, for this time, um, you know, I think he's happy enough to just keep winning. As he said to me, like, there's no point in fighting these fights when you're on your entry contract. Why not wait for the bigger contract to come along and then take on the bigger challenges? You know, he understands the game, how it's going, Um you know, he's looked really good in his first two fights, especially considering the short notice call for his debut. Um, you know, you can tell, you can tell how much it means to him to finally be here because, you know. There was a time there where he was the champion at the division, and, and obviously Paul Redmond and Joseph Duffy were signed before him. And you know, you can obviously see where the bone of contention could arise if you if you were in uh, Ray's shoes there. Um, he was obviously the champion of that lightweight uh, division in Cage Warriors. He's looked brilliant since he's come in. He looks like he's well able for the step up, and he looks like he's able for another step up. You know, another step up in class. Um, we expect him to win and win well uh, on Saturday night. Yeah, I think he's one of those lads. 
we speak about a lot with, with Sam McGregor coming into UFC, Pindra, um, Neil Seary and all those guys. Like, they've been well-schooled in the European scene, and as PC said there, he was a cage warrior champion. Like, he defended his belt a couple of times as well, didn't he? Like, he's, he's plenty of... Like, the guys he was fighting there were as close to UFC level, uh, UFC level as you get anywhere in the world. So, like, when he came into the UFC, he, he took it on short notice in, um, in Poland, didn't he? Won that fight well. When he when he's second fighting over in Scotland and it's come back in here, fighting uh, Mikhail Leboff. Thought not too much about him, but I I think uh, I think Stevie Ray. Yeah, he's just, Andrew. I think Andrew said before like he's going to be maybe like a Norman Park type of character in the UFC, whereas he has a couple of good fights. Don't think he's going to get into like the top five, top ten, but I think he'd be a, a good pro in the UFC for a, a few years. I'll take your word for it, Sean, because I have no recollection of ever oh, seeing that. I remember everything, Andrew. Shitstore, shitstore, Sheehan. Look at that. It's on, it's on the podcast. It's on the podcast. Go up on the fucking iTunes there and find it. Okay, I'll just... Oh, wait, no. I, yeah, you're right. I just opened iTunes there and I found it. Allegedly. Allegedly. The favorite <laughs> you're getting into no pizza. You you're know? Get me. I can't wait to hang you this week, Sean. Any fighter you ever talk shit about, I'm just going to be like... This is him in real. Go, that's the guy there that just told you you're a crap fighter. That's he Sean Sheehan. He picked against you, that fella did. He picked against you, that's why. Sean picked against you. That's why I don't make picks. I'm friends with you all. You fucking <laughs> Sean just asked us, PT, is his internet shit? Because we got a tweet saying yeah, my, yeah. my my internet is as shit as uh, as Sean's, but I'm still enjoying it. Am I going on an offer? I see. I see Pat's like their headphones as well. Fair enough, yeah, Pat. Wanker. Never liked them anyway. <laughs> I know he knows more about this stuff than I do, so I'm not even going to try and come back. I know, right? We also got a request, PTF, for the jiu-jitsu segment of the podcast, would you believe? Oh, Listening live, when's the jiu-jitsu segment? <laughs> when's the well, jiu-jitsu like segment? Um, I don't know anything it's about jiu-jitsu. It's not. Jiu no. But, you know, I might have, I might have an article in next month's BJJ Stowe magazine with Eddie coming, so that might be happening. So there you go. Check that I out. I have to do. I already did it. I just don't know if they like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Plugging Peter Carroll as always. So if yeah. it isn't in there, so if it isn't in the magazine next year, no. Now you know why. Um, next wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, before that, if anyone has any questions for us, tweet them to me there, and we'll call them out at the end of the end of this podcast. Excellent. I rarely check my Twitter. Do not send them to me. I'll no, at, at Sean Sheehan, BA, or BA, whatever he goes by these days. <laughs> if, you want, if you want your questions, for the first time ever to be digested and criticized live by Peter Carroll, then please send your ridiculous questions as soon as you can. We're going to move on now. Just back to the, uh, the Rays at Norman Park one more time before we go. This fight was initially given co-main event after the heavyweights fell out. Th then it was replaced with... Does anyone know exactly what happened there? Uh, well, Norman tweeted the UFC asking for the co-main event if that fight was off. Right. Put it on his Facebook page saying, when you ask, things happen. And then it was announced, I think, that it was moved to the co-main event. Then Dana just put up a tweet saying... <coughs> was it ever officially announced as him as the co-main event? That's what I'm not yeah. sure. Maybe it was hearsay. <laughs> No, it was. I think I saw it on Instagram, did I? Did they put it up on Instagram and say the new Conway event or something? Yeah, it was, 100, it was definitely announced. The Fight Pass official account announced it. 
that's bad form. Like yeah. you know what I mean. Whether whether you think Paddy is the, the better uh, comment event or not, like I think that's that's really bad form to do that to someone. You know, like let him go ahead and and tweet out to the people how happy he is, and you know, it's just it's just like a knock for nothing ahead of the fight. You know what I mean? Like just a little knock, like because he probably got really happy that it, they initially said, "Oh yeah, you're there," and then, "Oh no, you're not. You're not there." You know, it's it's just and it's gone. It was something that wasn't there. You know, it was something that wasn't. An issue at all, you know. He's built himself up and got like. I, I don't. I doubt it will have a, an effect on the fighter. I just thought it was handled very badly. Do you think? Honest. Do you think any of the? I won't say backlash, but maybe the campaign from. Uh, I know John said that he would have rather Paddy, like the Dublin fighter, come in event, get the fans really hyped up, sort of thing. That he should have got it from the start. Do you think there was any pressure, public opinion, like out towards the UFC, being like, Paddy should have got this, Paddy should have got this, and they just said. Yeah, okay, Paddy gets it. The the thing I saw the, the most of was the fact that people were just complaining about not not whether Paddy should be the comment event. It was mostly as, as Sean was like saying, like there was the fact that Miocic and Rockwell wasn't gonna be on the card. I think that was the main issue. But uh you know, really I can I can completely understand why people thought Paddy would be like the comment event. Obviously this is implications on the division as again, these are two flyweight guys who are just looking to break into the division. Paddy's at home. The last time he was out there, he got one of the biggest cheers on the night. You know, he, he has a couple of wins strung together. You know, that makes sense. It does make sense, but I just think I just think it's uh, it was pretty it was handled badly to tell Norman that he had it and then to take it back like nearly a couple just a few hours later, you know. Sean, you look incredibly focused. Or incredibly bored. Who's knocking a, who's getting a knock on their door? Uh, it wasn't me, it could have been Peepsy. Was I knocking on something, was it? Yeah. Oh, you see, I can't hear out with these fucking headphones on. So I'm like probably banging. That's how good they are. They Lloyd do. suppressors, baby. You know? But this fight, I, I agree with Peter. Like, you know, it was it was handled badly more than anything else. Like, I think the decision was right to put Paddy Hool in the comment event. Like, I, I tweeted out and... Like you need someone from Dublin there. Like we saw Bama win the Dublin when Chris Fe- was a Chris Fields was the comment event and when that fight was over, like the place emptied. Like there was a quarter of the crowd were there for the main event. Like everyone just left. I know that probably won't happen at UFC Dublin because uh, Joseph Duffy's in the main event and like a lot of people want to obviously everyone wants to stay and see him. But like there's a lot going to be a lot of crowd there from SPG with a few SPG people on the on the um, on the card, when Paddy Hoolan's there in the comment event, it's going to be big. There's going to be a lot of noise there for the for the comment event. Whereas, like if Norman Park was there, he'd probably have a good contingent with him as well. But I don't think the reception or the crowd will be there. And I, as Pete said at the start, there, like this is going to be a build to get to a crescendo at the end of like crowd noise, and we'll, they'll have the McGahan meter out, and and uh, we'll, we'll be a. Uh, which you'll need to see what that's like, but I think. Did my guy hate her? I forgot all about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. People, people forget. I was there. I was there when this whole conversation was taking place with uh, Mr. Hoyt. Sure, remember you were showing it to me hours after. Mr. So, Hoyt, for fuck's sake. Monsieur Blanc. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't be so rude when you're talking about Mr. Hoyt, all right, Sean? You better calm down over there. First. <laughs> First time attending a UFC as a member of the press <laughs> this weekend, and he's acting big ball Sheehan. Wait, wait till we see El Presidente and we tell him what you've been saying. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if he's going to be there. No, he uh, he's, he is. He's getting there on Friday. Someone, I mean, yes, uh, he will. 
No. <laughs> uh, somebody tweeted me during the week. The name escapes me. Someone tweeted me during the week ask, or saying, oh, since you said this in the podcast about will Dana be there, he tweeted and replied to fans that he's going to be there from Friday. I was actually looking and I didn't see it. but Sure, Dana was probably listening to the podcast anyway. That's why he did it. I think that was it. I think we may have influenced his travel plans. Yeah. Actually, I just got a follow there from Eric Winter, the guy who runs Fight Pass. He's probably listening in right now. Have you any? Uh, have any Did I, he follow, I, I follow you just there? there? Yeah, just like ten minutes ago. You should ask him for a show, lads. You should get this on Fight Pass. You should be like who, Eric. Who if does you're it better? Watching, if you're watching, we are available. We have He's no parallel. other commitments. We're ready to leave Severe on a moment's notice. <laughs> <laughs> all, all three of us. You yeah. have to. You have to let us bring Graham, though. No, it, it comes as a package. It's three plus one. So if you need someone to run the Fight Pass website, we have a guy too. So yeah. any offers, throw them our way, please. Um, I was trying to get something funny up there, but my new phone is all over the place. Luis, uh, no. Sean, this formatting is the worst thing in the world. Darren Hill versus Nicholas Dalby. A fight that mm. I am looking forward to, and I will admit I've switched my opinion on this. I think Darren Hill is going to get the victory. Yeah, I think that's a tough fight for Dalby. I really do. Uh, very aggressive guy, tail as you saw. The, he's the scouser from Brazil. Yeah, I love this yeah. guy. I really love this guy. So um, I think Dalby's style is very good. I like to watch both of these guys. But I think I think Till's aggression could could catch Dalby off off guard. You know what I mean? He's obviously more kind of in and out striker. I think uh, Till could really kind of if he comes out the way he did in his debut. I think he could he could. Um, you know, catch Dalby unawares. It'll be, it'll be. I think that's a really good fight, though. I think, I really, I think that's going to be a very good, good one for the fans. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I think um, Till is the more kind of, you know, he could do something weird. He could, like, he could catch him with a big shot, or he could uh, take him down, catch him with a, a submission out of nowhere. I think Dalby is the more well-rounded, kind of technically better kind of fighter, if you know what I mean. Like he'll. He'll stand in the pocket. He'll throw his jabs. He'll throw his combinations. He'll get takedowns. He'll hold you down. He'll he'll win. He'll maybe win a round, win another round. You know, stay in the fight. It, it's tough. Darn till like he kind of came out of nowhere. Like he's this guy from, as you said, there he's a scouser from Brazil. Like as Andrew was saying, like there's a lot of talk about Scott Askham, about um, uh, Tom Breeze and the UK scene. Stevie Ray. Like when did you ever hear anything about Darn till? Like I don't think anyone ever heard anything about him. So like, uh, he looked good to me in his his debut. Anyway. He looked brilliant. I looked fucking brilliant in his Sorry, debut. This, yeah. this is a good fight. This is potential to be like a fight we look back on in a few years and go, Jesus, the two of those guys fought in UFC mm. Dublin. I can't believe it's that. Very, like, he's very charismatic as well. This Tilbury. Yeah. Remember in his post for the interview, like you know, he was fairly. He's very good on the mic and stuff. You know, he has he has something about him. He's quite captivating. So you he's know, Liverpool though. So. Oh yeah, I remember that one of the Irish guys was asking him, and he told him, yeah. But uh, you know, I know. Uh, I, I I just think there's something about him. You know, if he if he managed to string a couple of wins together, you know, he could go he could go uh, very far very quickly if you get get what I'm saying. The best yeah. part about him, in my opinion, is how his career is just completely littered with uh, with finishes. Most notably, most impressively, fourth fight versus Edson Jario da Silva. TKO brackets retirement. I I would like to believe that he made that guy retire in the ring. <laughs> <that he's not laughs> <boxing>. Fuck this! <laughs> Do you know what? I'm gonna be a postman. This is bullshit. Yeah. 
seriously reconsidering this career choice. Galek. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, he, he, he looks like he could actually uh, force that kind of situation on someone. Right. He's a very, uh, very good striker. Oh, that's, a, that's a really good fight, actually. I kind of uh, I might have had a little bit of a forget about that one before you brought it up there, to be oh. honest with you. So you had, that was the same with me when people, uh, when the Rothwell news broke last week. I knew they were fighting, <laughs> but I was, I was like, that was on Dublin. <laughs> God, I didn't know about it until now. I would have been really excited. <laughs> I, I would say I'm upset, only I didn't know it was happening. <laughs> I never got a chance to gauge my actual excitement for that one. Yeah, because as soon as I found out about it, it was gone. I know, I did, I did, I did want it on, but I didn't, I didn't you know, troll my rattle out of the pram like some lad from Limerick that we all know. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see all these Dublin lads fighting in the card. Where's well, Sean Dublin on the card? Get Catrick Gossigan on that card. UFC Limerick, 2017. It's going to happen. It has to happen. Hill is actually in Dublin at the minute, if his Instagram is anything to go by. Um, um, I won't do that, but I do want to have a look, because I do think I will fall in love with him instantly as soon as I see a picture of him in a favela wearing a gi. But I'm scrolling down through it now, and there's absolutely none of it. What would he be doing walking around the favela wearing a gi for anyway? Well, I don't know. Just maybe being Brazilian. Just being Brazilian. Like, is that not what they do? Yeah, all Brazilians. Like... Yeah, Paddy and Gavra over there. He said that's all they wear. That's legitimately the only clothes you can buy is like, you know, gi and rash guards. So no, in all honesty, over there, like they drive to the gym in their gis as well. So like sometimes you see guys get out of their car, brown belt already on, gi already on. They've just been driving in their car in the gi. And it makes no sense because it's the hottest fucking place in the world and you're already sitting in the car with no air conditioning and you're wearing your gi. It must, it's, I don't know what they're at over there. I don't but even they have acai. They have acai. So that's the, the, the be all end all. Um, so Darren Till... If you're listening, if you have any acai over with you from Brazil, or if you're looking for any acai, we know a few lads that sell it on the cheap, so you're going to get a good deal. <laughs> Sean, you look yeah. incredibly bored talking about jiu-jitsu. Lead us. Come in event, Paddy Hoolan versus Lewis Smalltalk. Also, sorry, Darren Till's Instagram is cool as fuck because half it's written in English, half it's written in Brazilian, or Portuguese. <laughs> Paddy Bin. So, like, every post is English, but also oh, yeah. Portuguese as well. And like Silva does that as well, but you don't see her here. I'm getting a shout-out, do you? Yeah. Anderson Silva. Vandy. Wandy. Wanderlei. Right. Well, when Darren Till disgraces himself as much as Wanderlei Silva has you in the last couple of years. You shut your mouth about Wanderlei Silva, the greatest <laughs> of all time. <laughs> I watched like, him versus Chuck Liddell the other day. That was some fight. Oh, fuck, man. You could, I, I could watch him all day. I, lo I just love watching the seconds that was Lieben versus Silva. <laughs> it's just one of the best exchanges ever. The good news is you're going to get to see him fight Chelsea on at UFC 200. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Huh? I, don't, I, don't, uh, you know, I don't speak Portuguese, but I've just by, by facial expressions alone on the videos I've been seeing going up on uh, Wanderlei Silva's page, I doubt that will happen, to be honest. He's, Poor he looks very angry, God love him. God have him. Sean, you were saying? Yeah, the comment event. This is another one that could be a fight at night. I think this is a very good fight. Like we saw Lewis Smolka, obviously he's fighting Petty Hoolan here. We saw him fighting uh, Neil Seary in the last fight. and It, it, it was a really good fight. Like uh, Pete was alluding to that earlier on, Smolka kind of got him on the floor 
won a lot of the transitions, ended up on top a lot at Siri. He didn't even he didn't have him in trouble really, but you know he had him kind of in bad positions for a lot of time. And I don't think that's something we saw from Smolka before. His his game is is improving an awful lot, and and that's something Paddy Paddy Hoonan will have to take into account. Like Smolka's fight before the Neil Siri fight, it was kind of it looked like he was trying to avoid the ground more than anything. He looked like he was trying to he was trying to stand and bang. And his last fight against Siri, like it looks like he was trying to take him there. And like Siri, he's good in the, he's good at striking, but he's not more on the on the ground either. So for Smolka to do that was was very impressive. I know Siri was kind of sick coming into the fight and stuff, and he he spoke about it this week as well. His preparations weren't the best coming into that fight, but take nothing away from Smolka. This is a difficult fight for Paddy Hoolan, two of the biggest guys in the uh, in the flyweight division. I think Paddy is probably improving an awful lot as well. Like we saw last year at uh, at UFC Dublin, how how much he's striking and improved, landed a big shot to knock the guy down before submitting him. Since then, he's he's done well. He lost obviously that one fight to Chris Kalidis, but he came back with another win in was it in Boston? He won and he won again in um was it, was it Scotland card he was on? Yeah, but yeah, this is a good fight. I think I think this is a must win fight for Paddy Hoolan. Like when he came in, people were talking about him maybe getting into the top fifteen, top top ten. Um, put, I'm pushing forward. I think he he's improving off life. If he wins this, he'll definitely be borderline top 15. I think like myself and Pete were talking about it. I think after his last fight, we were kind of ex- waiting for the rankings to come out, expecting him to maybe be in 15, top 15 or so. <coughs> I think this time he, he'll surely be in there. And uh, beyond onwards and upwards for him, like this division, it, it's it's light. Um, if Paddy Hoolan can get Put another few wins together, like he's going, he's going to rise those ranks, and uh, this this is a huge fight for him. Absolutely, and I think another thing about that, and it's something Paddy pointed out to me. I think I talked to Andrew a bit about this once. Um, the fact that Paddy, like he, like he's big over here. You know, I mean, Paddy, like a, a lot of people know who Paddy is. He's he's kind of you know, I think I think he'd be the like the second most popular fighter out of Ireland. Maybe I think him him or Joe because Joe's got this headline at the moment. But if if Paddy can string a few wins together here, he might be, you know, like there's not the the guy, the, you know, Demetrius has pretty much cleared out that division, you know. It, and as Paddy said to me, if they did a fight in Boston, Irish people would travel to see that fight. They could sell out the TD Garden for for uh, a flyweight title fight, which might not be, which which might not be able to happen without Hulahan involved. So I mean, if he if he can, you know, this is obviously a very tough fight, and you know, we'd be foolish to look past it. But I mean, if he could. If he could string two, three wins together, I could see see the, the see the shot on the horizon. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it could happen. Like there is no one like Demetrius. As you said, Demetrius Johnson is taking everyone out. Henry Cejudo is the guy. I suppose that that's going to be next. He has a fight coming up. Who's there left after that? Like there's really no one. Paddy Hoolan gone up there. Like I think um, Benavides kind of after after his last win. Was like, oh, uh, I'm working my way back to Demetrius Johnson. He wanted to see like four wins in a row. Like, how, how long do you want to keep working for? Like, it's like he doesn't want the shot. But uh, I think Paddy Hoonan has spoken about it. Like, after the Conor McGregor fight, he did an interview, and I don't know, was it was it with Andrew? But he was saying like, when he saw Conor with the belt, he was like, it was realization that he could do it too, and that's where he yeah. wanted to go. Like before, he was kind of, I think he was taking a fight by fight, kind of, oh, I'm in the UFC now, this is great. But now I think he's He's put himself in the UFC like he's happy there, and now he wants to kick on to the next level. So I think I think it's possible. Look, 
we might be a little bit biased there, like saying that I don't think he's on that level yet. I don't think he's he's close it yet. But with, if he can keep improving, keep pushing on, I don't I don't see any reason why like Chris Carrias Chris Carrias got a title shot. Guys, like I think Paddy Paddy Hoolan's an infinitely better fighter than him. There's a lot of guys going to get title shots. And I think Paddy Hoolan is better better fighter than a lot of them. So yeah, uh, as you said, PC two or three more fights put together. It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if you did get it. Boston on Fox, uh, on Fox Sports One or something title fight. Definitely, that, I could see that happen. I do think there's one. <coughs> Sorry, I got too excited there. Um, <laughs> It was doing the rounds yesterday on Facebook. People going back and liking Conor McGregor's statuses from 2011, and they are the scariest things in the world. Talking about visualization, seeing yourself as number one, blah blah blah, the usual stuff, and how it worked, how it's worked for him. He's a picture perfect example of how it's worked. Underneath that, you have Paddy Houlihan from 2011 commenting under it. I think this is the way forward, or I think this is starting to work for me as well. And all of this stuff is just like looking into a time machine. And it's, I suppose it effectively is an online time machine, seeing all of these guys saying what they're going to do going forward and doing it. But the one thing about Sean is I do think that this division is so weak, this division is so small, that Paddy could be thrown into a title situation before he is actually ready for it. I agree with what you're saying now. You're seeing the change in him in the last six months. A uh, different guy completely from when he got into the UFC. I think there's more of a focus about him. But this is going to be the, hopefully he doesn't get thrown into it too quickly, too soon. Boston in January, as you said there, could be a great placement for him in that card. Maybe not the title fight just yet, but get him out there, get him exposed to the American audience. Maybe a McGregor 2.0 route. But the thing about Paddy is, and he says himself, he hates flying. You know, He doesn't like going there, uh, traveling that far. I think he'd be more realistically looking at that London card that, that for February. I think I think that could probably suit him as well. I, I assume all the Irish people want to be on that card. Do you know what I mean? It's handy, isn't it? An hour. It's a choppy hour, but it's an hour. How do you think he wins the fight on uh, on Saturday, or do you think he wins it? Yeah, I think he does. I think you know. I think Paddy's a different animal when he's in Ireland. Um, yeah. It's going to be a brilliant fight. It's it's funny, like because uh, when you look at the guys, are very similar skill sets, are very similar in physique. Yeah. Um, but I think Paddy Paddy's got a, a couple of a couple of tricks there in the in the grappling exchanges that. Um, that Smoker won't be ready for. Um, you know, it's hard to know. Like, it could be a decision, but it, it'll be an exciting decision. You know, it'll be a, it'll be a back and forth. I, I, can't, I don't think anyone's going to walk in there and steamroll the other guy. You know, I can't see that happen. I think they're both very, very aware. I think they both have a lot, a lot to offer. I think it's going to be, there's going to be moments for both of them, but I think, I think Paddy will possibly catch a submission or win it by decision. I have to apologize for those watching that heard Peter Carroll and saw Sean Sheehan. I was taking a selfie to send to Stephen Lowry. <laughs> I got some stuck, we were stuck on Sean's picture while Petey was talking there for about a minute. So I'm sorry about that. That was Petey, Sean throwing his voice. That was Sean throwing his voice. Sean throwing his voice to Dublin from Limerick. It's unbelievable. Um, finally, we've... <laughs> Well, yeah, you're just reaching into the screen next to you. It's like, cause what we can see is three things. So it's like, I'm just going in to get shot. Get the <laughs> anyway, main event time. Who's Justin, Don't leave me hanging. Justin, uh, oh, sorry. Go back there. Who's fighting? Uh, Dustin Parry is fighting. You know the guy who fought <laughs> Conor McGregor? The light heavyweight champ? The light heavyweight champ? Uh, no, 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 no. That's Cormier. 
Oh, this is uh, Dustin, Dustin Poirier, not Cormier. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, yeah. he's fought Connor before. He's fighting French some guy who's also fought Connor before. Um, Connor McGregor, Connor McGregor, Connor McGregor, Connor McGregor. Uh, that's is Connor McGregor the special guest referee? He is. Uh, he should be. If, uh, if anything, he actually should be. I, I think he's going to show up halfway through and stun it about him, and that'll be, that'll be the end of the show. <laughs> Steve Chair. I, yeah. I do actually think one fair thing. This fight unless I'm looking in the wrong places, actually hasn't been overshadowed by the fact both of these guys have fought McGregor. I haven't right. seen it yet. I think that's because of the lack of buzz, maybe, as well. Like, like coming up to the last McGregor fight, I was looking there on, on actually Instagram last night, and, like, like, we were all doing kind of, we were all on podcasts, we were all on, on uh, like, 2FM, you were on um, Today FM, like, Red FM. There's been nothing coming up to this side, like, maybe it'll start now in the next couple of days, but... There has been no, there has been no build up from, um, there's been no big build up or anything. Maybe that's a lot to do with Ireland being in the World Cup and stuff as well. Kind of the sporting, um, the sporting thought. Maybe he's been away from the UFC. UFC Dublin was huge last year. Obviously, look, it's 90% Conor McGregor's not on the card. We know, we all know that. There's no point shying away from it. Um, but. I don't, yeah, as you said, I don't think it's been overshadowed by McGregor. I think people are looking forward to to seeing this fight. When the media day comes, obviously, dickheads like Andrew asking uh, <laughs> questions like, oh, what, what was it like beating Conor McGregor? You mean, what was it like getting you mean, excuse me, excuse me, throwback, July, interviewing Dustin Poirier. I'm sorry, I'm not going to ask you any questions about Conor McGregor. Any First thing you ask him, Conor McGregor. Any, I said I'm not going to ask you many questions about Conor McGregor, <laughs> and he appreciated the fuck out of it. Go on to the YouTube comments. And we'll I will run it, lads. Because we'll I don't look at YouTube comments, but I think there are some from there, people saying, wow, I like how this interview oh, yeah. didn't insist on asking about Conor McGregor repeatedly. Lads, and just on that, check out Facing McGregor, the Severe MA series. <laughs> Joseph Duffy is one of the guys I interviewed in the past. <laughs> <laughs> guess, what Dustin <laughs> guess what I'm going to hit Dustin Poirier with as soon as he arrives in Dublin. What? He's facing McGregor, is it? How does it feel to win the light heavyweight championship? <laughs> <laughs> so, is John Jones really that bad? Can't believe you got the better of Johnson. He's unbelievable. Big lad. <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah. dear. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'm 100% going after that face of McGregor doesn't party. So. <laughs> so, don't get angry if I do, okay? <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, but... Look, it's natural. Like McGregor's the biggest star. Like even people like Ronda Rousey, John Jones, and uh, Daniel Cormier, that that guy who Pete was talking about there, even they get asked about <laughs> even they get asked about McGregor. Like so, two guys that have fought him fighting in Dublin. Like if there wasn't questions about McGregor, people would be fucking off their heads. Like really, so it, it's gonna happen coming up. Especially when's the media day? Was it Windsor Thursday? Thursday is it? Thursday. Um, yeah, you're gonna see an awful lot of it uh, in in the next coming days. So. Enjoy this break from it now. Enjoy the last couple of weeks where we haven't been hearing too much of it because it's it's, it's gonna come. But the, I think the fight itself is a very good one. Just Duffy's a big favorite, I believe. I haven't looked at the the odds yet. I must do my picks and stuff. But um, he is. I believe he is two to five. I got yeah. a tip the other day of an accumulator for UFC Dublin that I will not share with the man that self-funded himself to Vegas. Uh, he fought at the weekend. Pizzi Matino from Warriors. Uh, he puts up the most ridiculous winning bets in the world on his Facebook page. He gave me a four-man accumulator for UFC double. What a fight! What a fight he had at the weekend as well. That was wasn't it? Um, the best left hooks to the body mm. I've ever seen in any combat sports live. 
Holy crap! And Lee and Lee uh, Hammond said something to me as well, which is quite uh, significant. Like he, like Martino got knocked down twice in that first round. Like a lot of people wouldn't stand back up, and and and, and especially the way he fought in that, that yeah, uh, had a way out. Unbelievable, unbelievable! Like he, he, it was a complete turnaround. Like the, the fight could have went either way. You know, to, to think that someone could come down with two knockdowns early on <clears throat> and perform that well towards the end of the fight. You know, um, I know he didn't get the win, but uh, well, he showed everyone what he's capable of. Anyway, exactly. Finally, on that, before we just talk about, uh, we have no idea how cage tie or tie is scored, but if it w- if that was an MMA fight, that was a ten eight for the two knockdowns, and he won the other two rounds. So in the way I was looking at it was I thought Matino actually could have scraped the win or he could have got a draw. And instead, he uh, he lost the decision. So we leave tie scoring systems for another day. If we're putting our head on the line, if we're making a prediction outside of the country that we're born from and every other reason that people will assume we're going to pick Joseph Duffy times three in this fight, give me a reason why Dustin Parrier might cause him a little bit of trouble. Well, Whoever. That's just an open question, you know. I'll, I'll give you one. Go on. I think Dustin Poirier is very dangerous early. Like, even you saw against McGregor, he landed a couple of shots. Like, he knocked out McGregor's two. Do you remember that, that video afterwards? He'd get his, his two replaced, the one he had glued on before. Like, he landed a couple of good shots on McGregor in that fight. And, it, like, I know McGregor does get hit a good bit um, because he's he's so attacking and stuff. Maybe Joseph Duffy's a different type of fighter. But that is there from Poirier. Like, Poirier... We see it when he gets hit as well. He kind of comes back and he, he fights hard. He, like obviously, if he isn't knocked down like McGregor and like knocked out like McGregor did him, but he's a guy that won't shy away from it. Um, he like the one thing you can say about Dustin Poirier is he kind of mentally, mentally he isn't the strongest. And by mentally, I mean he can get caught up. Like McGregor got him caught up. Got gets. I could see the crowd. This you know, is my house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could. I could see the crowd getting into his head. But like when he gets into the cage itself, I don't think he, like mentally weak is is kind of a thing for outside cage. When he gets into the cage, I think he's one of the toughest guys you can see in the UFC, and he will go out on his shield if he has to. Like he'll uh, he'll knuckle down and and um. And, and lean into Joseph, but I also think he's very dangerous on the ground. Like you, as you said last time, uh, Pete was saying that when Duffy got taken down, he he uh, he choked the guy out. Even George in his last fight, like Dustin Poirier has very very dangerous submissions. Like if it gets into a submission battle on the ground, I could definitely see Poirier winning that. Like Joseph Duffy is a, he's a black belt and is a Japanese jiu-jitsu, but Dustin Poirier, like his dash chokes. A lot of his guillotines all very good off the ground. Uh, so yeah, he, I think he's. A, Plenty of chances to win this fight. I think this is a 50-50 fight, definitely, and uh, it should be a good one. Can I just put it out there? Like, I know I won't get to talk about jiu-jitsu, but Japanese jiu-jitsu for MMA, like, show me where it's been used. Like, unless I've unless I've missed the countless wrist lock submissions in UFC history or throws from standing uh, outside of judo throws, then I'm not going to, like, because I've ruled with guys that are Japanese-based, and they just seem like, like it's not that it's a, a massive advantage in terms of them going for submission. I, if anything, I think being over with Faraz and having someone like that be able to break down your game because the videos that Faraz puts up himself about grappling and different submissions, he calls advanced basics, are absolutely unbelievable. I think that's going to be the massive factor for Duffy in this fight in terms of how his grapplings come on. I don't think it. I, I think this is going to be contested on the feet completely. Um, I think 
Poirier is going to have a very hard time to close down the distance to get the action to the ground. And I think, like, you know, look at Duffy's striking is so unique. It's a very hard puzzle for a fighter to come in there and deal with that head movement, how he actually stands in a boxing stance. He makes himself like a blade. His head is constantly moving. He's in and out. He's, his footwork is very deceptive. Um, you know, I think he is the he is the advantage in the striking department for sure. I think, you know, Poirier hit McGregor because McGregor was coming on to him. Uh, I think, what? I think, what? Coming <laughs> up? <laughs> you heard me. I was there. <laughs> but uh, is um, I I think you know I, I do fancy Duffy to do this. I, I don't know. I just think it's I think I think this is a good fight for him. I think if you look in, in terms of, of the next step, you said it in Glasgow before it was even when we were on the walk over to the arena, Sharps, Andrew. You know what I mean? You you said like you were talking about that matchup the day before actually. So you know when I said man to claim it. And it's straight it's straight away when you said it, I was like, yeah, Jesus, that would make. That's perfect. That's a, that's I, a, I was kind of in love with the idea of Nate Diaz fighting Joseph Duffy, though. Yeah. Well, gee, Nate Diaz is fighting, Nate Diaz fighting anyone, really. You know, I don't really. I'd let him fight me, man, if I could watch. Sean, <laughs> finally, before we go, prediction. Uh, oh, well, before we get on to questions, prediction, method, whatever. If I'm looking at this, and I've said it for quite a while, the best thing about Duffy. The thing that I like most is just how aesthetically pleasing it is to watch him fight. And just from someone that... Tommy Quinn, Irish MMA fighter over in the UK, has the liquid hips. You see Fantastic his switch. Beard. Fantastic beard. Great beard, great barnet. Great dancer, great dancer. This is where I'm coming from. He has great liquid magician. hips. Great magician. Also, the best magician in Irish great MMA. Topic. So just this is the Tommy Quinn yeah. loving fest at the minute. Yeah. He's a great but guy. What he can do with his hips, Duffy can do with his shoulders. And the way Duffy can move, like I'm actually trying to demonstrate here for you, is obviously at a much, much less good level well, than Duffy. Might, might get into it. Um, uh, if I had music on, I'd get into it. But unfortunately, I've got your fucking voices coming into my ears. Pete, I see you're trying it yourself. My friend Jack can do a real quick one. He's like famous for it. We get, he dances to every song like that, but I can't, I can't do it myself. <laughs> like, it's like he's literally, like, it's like Pistons. Like, bah, 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 bah. It's like so, something uh, out of the in-betweeners for them when they're all in the nightclub and I beat oh. them. If, Look, man, if we can if we can get a video of Jack doing this shit because it's real, I've never seen a man move this way in my life. I will put it up on Twitter. Jack is not on Twitter. Probably doesn't know what it is, but I will make a video of it. And boy, Jesus, you'll know about shoulder movement then. And so I want it, Joe to send me a video of him doing I'll a shoulder movement. Him doing it. Yeah. Yeah, just but for it, like comparison. Just a disclaimer here. Let's not have any fight after this. I'm pretty sure you know, you know, Joe could be Jack in a fight. This is not. This is just this literally shoulder <laughs> movement. Okay. Shoulder movements only. <clears throat> if we are talking about it, though, I suppose a better way to describe it would be the fundamental skills that he's learned from boxing, including his head movement, his shot selection, and the way that he just leaves his hand hanging down and can bring it up at any moment's notice. PC, you were dancing there. Unfortunately, the people didn't see it. Um, Do you know what? I think that Do you know what? Can I make my point that I've said to you over in Glasgow as well? Watch, right, if he wins, watch for the 30 seconds after the fight is stopped with Joseph Duffy. That's when you can see how confident that guy is. Yeah, the only last 30 seconds, around. it's just swagger. It's just absolute swagger for 30 seconds. And as soon as the mic comes back into his hand, he's back to, ah, oh, well, I'm just glad to be here. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure it's great. You know, win or lose, we all, learned, we all like... learned something. <laughs> but, like, I mean, he's, 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 like, he's like fucking Snoop Dogg for 30 seconds after he wins. And nobody seems to notice it. It's like, it's a big outward show of how confident he is in everything he does. 
and uh, then it's straight back to down to earth, Joe. You know what I mean? And that's the like I'm not trying to say he's trying to hide something here at all. It's just it's just a release, I'd say, attention after the fight's over, and it only lasts a little minute or two. But uh, it, it, it's very interesting to watch. Me and Paul Dallery laughing about it in uh, Glasgow because uh, we, we were we we're kind of looking out for it before it even happened. So uh, I want uh, I'm sure a lot of the Irish fans will want to be seeing him walking with a bit of a swagger next Post Saturday fight. night. So mm. this is it, I suppose. The Duffy swagger has been crowned by Peter Carroll. Yeah, uh, everyone's going to notice it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lich, that PT said that. Remember that. Remember that. Don't let anyone take that one away. So from there me. we go. UFC Dublin <clears throat> is this Saturday. The start of our fight week here. Severe MMA full coverage. The whole gang is getting together um, for later on in the week. Sean, we are going to be having a meetup uh, with all of our fans and friends off the podcast. Potentially Friday, if that suits. Yeah, PT, you coming? Oh, not a wait fan. a minute. Not, not a fan. He's not a fan of the podcast. <laughs> Come here. Oh, I'll be there. Will we, will we throw it back? Remember one of the first podcasts my sister was crying over One Direction? Yeah. Oh, I remember she was, that. I remember. <laughs> she was at them last night. Will we ask her how it was? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, bring her on. Ruth! Come here. <laughs> will we sing a song? What do they sing? Come over here for a second. Oh my God! You couldn't write this stuff. Oh, She's wearing a shirt. Ruth, how was one direction last night? Oh, it's so good. So good. What was All the, best of the people that are watching you now. Oh wait, no, put this on. Uh, what age is she, Andrew? I'm fifth. I'm fourteen. I'm fifteen oh. in a few months. We what was the best song they played? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. I loved no. all of them. What? What's just for me? Yeah, I I cried at that one. And did they do? Did they do any cover versions? Did they do any? Uh, did they do any bagatelle around? <laughs> uh, they didn't do any covers at this one, but they did a few nights ago. I know. What did they play? Did they play? Did they play any Christy Moore? You know, given the fact that they're in Ireland, did they jazz up right on for all you teeny boppers? No. No. <laughs> I don't know what Peter Carroll is saying to my sister, but I'm a little bit worried, so I'm going to have to take these headphones. Oh, no, Jesus Christ. <laughs> are they breaking up? Did I hear they were breaking up? Yeah. Are they breaking are. up? No. Yeah, I no. heard they are. They're great, No, no. It was on the news this morning. They're breaking They're split. They're taking a break. Creative differences. In breaking March, up. they're not. Never coming back again. I say, I, I say, I say more power to the boys. I, I have, uh, I don't know anything about. Can I have a cup of tea? Can you have a cup of tea? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks very much. They get around, don't they? The lads, they're not messing around. Like they aren't, they aren't just you know singing songs. Let's be honest. No, they're brands. They're brand. They're brand. Brand. Uh, One Direction. Like, look. So this is the market we should be getting into, Sean. T-shirts with our faces on it. Oh, where? Hot cakes. I'll get one definitely. We were only going one direction anyway. Were you jealous? And I have that you cup of there. Yes, I was very yeah. jealous. Now you're trying to show off. What's, what's your favourite One Direction song, Andrew? My favourite One Direction song is uh, Best Song Ever. All These Little Things. For what, Sean? All These Little Things is the best song ever. Is I it? know. You don't know. Uh oh. That's the only one I know. Oh, you come on. Really beautiful. Hold on, lads. Hold on. Let's give our picks for the Irish fights. Well, I was going to ask, was there any questions, but okay. Uh, Do that first. Picks. Carl Pendred, Tom Breeze. Carl Pendred. How? Submission. No, KO. TKO. All of, the, all of the above. I, I think, like, I think, decision. 
I think Pinter will win the decision as well. Ashling Derry, Lee, Eric Almeida. Andrew? I see we're all jumping to answer this one. Uh, That's I a do. tricky one, though. Yeah, no, because like, yeah, I, I can see it being a bit of a, not a boring grappling match, but them kind of balancing each other out in the grappling exchanges. For old time's sake, for the base that she came in on, like Ash and Gailey's submission win would kind of cap off a perfect uh, full circle for her. You know, finally getting to be able to fight in front of the Dublin crowd at the UFC. Then we're going to see her, like, who knows what next. Higher profile fight. I'm going to go Ash and Gailey's submission. I think, I, think, I think it's a good opportunity for Ashling to... Uh show off her striking, you know, she's looking for somebody, she, she, she's saying, you know, she, she's definitely showed a lot of improvements, I think, I think she cut over the edge over Almeida there, so, um, I can see her using a lot more of that, I can see her, like, you know, I don't know if she'll get her in trouble, but I can see Ash winning, and I can see her, like, you know, having, having the, be- the the lion's share to play in the old uh, striking section, so I'd, I'd like to see a bit more of that as well, because it seems she's quite similar to Paddy and the kind of, the movement that she's going for, and, and it's, it is nice to watch. I think Ashley Daly win first round armbar. That's what I'm going for. Uh, Siri against De Los Reyes. I think this will be a war. I think it'll be brilliant. Fight of the year. Maybe not fight of the year. Fight of the night anyway. Um, I'd just I like to say, if Carl Roach has any Neil Siri t-shirts left, oh, yes. we would love three of them, please. Yes. They were magic. Siri via third round TKO. PT, your best friend. Your your love I want I was gonna say lover there. <laughs> yeah, but your your most loved man in MMA. How do you think it'll go? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. You know what I mean? Come on, but yeah, I think it's time. It's time for an L stoppage win for Siri, isn't it? In the uh, in in Ireland, yeah, I can see it. You know, and obviously, you know, you can't. If, if this guy, if this guy's gonna walk onto some punches like you seem to think he is, she, and I'll, I'll go for, I'll go for a knockout too. I've convinced you. I am convinced Neil Siri is. There's gonna be hilarious. Like he's gonna get a bonus, and he might even get fight of the night. Like I think Neil Siri is gonna get paid big time this weekend. I think. Well, look, he's, he deserved. He's deserved a couple of bonuses. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's return into those pricks. To pick no one but Irish fighters. You know. Yeah, I know, but like I do think I don't know. Like I do think all the Irish people will win to be honest. And like I've picked against Irish people before, so just being honest. Norm Park against Madaddy. I think this will be I think that's, this is that's hardest the hardest one. Yeah. Lads. Luck. Oh, some cup. Oh well. Some and it's cup. in the shape of a love heart. Is that the lad that's gone off from there and he gone? Uh, who Man. cares? They're all crap anyway. Um it, I actually think though this Norman Norman fight is the one that's the throw up. I do think like if if we're looking at it objectively and honestly, I do think that Tom Breeze can wreck a lot of people in that division. But Cahill Pendred is too similar. I think Cahill Pendred is just a slightly better game, the same game but slightly better compared to Breeze, at least from what we've seen in the past. So that's what base my pick on that. However, the Norman Park and Resume Daddy fight I really think is the one that's uh, that could prevent the Irish from going on a clean sweep. Norman has spoke about, like, you just see the differences. Norman has mentioned, oh, I could lose if I get cut. I don't think a fighter should be thinking that sort of way. I, I, I like the realism. I like all of that acceptance. But you need to go in there thinking that you're the baddest man on the planet. Like, you're going to go in there and put a hurt on people. You're going to go in there and make a statement. Um, and then you see, like, some of the fighters that were released recently talking about, oh, well, I'm happy I achieved my goal of getting to the UFC. And maybe I'm 
listening to Connor too much saying if you're not there to be the best, you shouldn't be there at all. Yeah, I agree with you. Like normally, as I said earlier, like if this fight was happening, two guys coming off a fight a couple of months ago, I think I'd pick Resident Daddy here. But we spoke about it. Then that layoff is just too much. I can't pick him. If he wins, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be at all surprised. But I have to pick Norman Park based on on Resident Daddy being out of the. I won't say out of the cage for so long because he was in the cage, but he was out of. Uh, oh, banter, banter. Out of action. Peace, what you think? Yeah, like I was saying it earlier, um, I think my daddy, like, he's coming in strong with a lot of talk here. You know, he definitely likes to intimidate his pawns. He's trying to intimidate Norman. That always seems to indicate to me, like, when, when someone's, like, you know, when they go over the top, start talking about crazy medieval shit they're going to do to people. Persian. Usually, Persian yeah. mentality. That's what Matino said to me. Matino said he's going to yeah. wreck Norman Park. He's a Persian as well. Yeah, yeah, like you know what I mean. This is this is this guy is saying some crazy shit out of Game of Thrones about like Norman Park. So I think I think when he's doing that, he's he's going to you know he, he wants Norman to be a bit afraid. Like I think he might be he might be I don't I don't think he's afraid. Look, I know the guy's a lunatic, but um, two two years away, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot to come back and beat Norman in uh, Ireland. I think you know I think his, his best performance so far has been in Dublin. Uh, fair enough, it wasn't against. I don't think. You could really write Katani the same as you could with Daddy. I think um, he channels the Dublin energy. I think he'll have a lot of fans. I think it's a perfect storm as well for him. Yeah, I, t- I think it's the toughest fight though. Like I, I do think, I think it is a tough fight. And, and again, that's what you were saying. Like just in terms of you know his trajectory, that can be weighing on him a bit here. He obviously has. He said it, like you know, but he. I don't know. I think in terms of what you were saying about like some people saying, "Oh yeah, you have to go in and think you're the best." I don't think that's true. I think I think there's different the different talks for different kind of people. Like look at Siri. He never says a nice thing about himself. Ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? He doesn't. Or uh, about <laughs> anyone else. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But um, you know, I don't think you necessarily need to go on and say you're the greatest of all time and this and that. Like to to be in the UFC, but you know, it's an interesting note though, all the same. You have to say, Andrew. Um, Sean, I that'll think be, that'll be versus Taylor in a word. Go on. I'll like Darren Till. Cool. Although be. Nicholas Dalby's a hipster, so I kind of like that. I really like his Instagram. I really like his photography. Uh, he trains in the gi quite a lot as well. Hang on, hang on. I really like his Instagram. I like his photography. Can we not pretend that this is professional? He's a photographer. Now. He's no, no, he is a photographer yeah. as well. He's not a photographer. Yeah, 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 Peter Carroll. He's one of those people I that, that, I that was just, a camera and puts it on Instagram, as as opposed okay. to taking a picture with his phone. Like I thought that's a, yeah. Sorry, I thought that you were just calling him a photographer because he had an Instagram account. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm actually a photographer <laughs> myself. Uh, here's that, my Instagram. Do you remember that cage warrior show that he was supposed to fight on, but it was pulled? He like sat cage side for the whole event taking photos. Yeah, he still went. Yeah, he still went as a photographer. <laughs> and he has That's an Instagram true. account. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but that that was just funny. I thought. <laughs> I just thought that. Yeah. Who are you picking that one, PC? One more in award. Dalby. Till. Dalby. I, I, thought, I was think, I was thinking Dalby for a long time, but I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking Till now. All of a sudden, I like yeah. the guy. I just want to hear him talking. When he gets the mic, he has a funny accent because of the, you know, the Liverpoolian accent, and he's living in Brazil. I enjoyed it the last time. Um, well, I presume we're all picking Paddy and Duffy as well. So. Excellent. This broadcast is an excessive amount here, so we're going to have to wrap it up a little. Peter Carroll is moving all over the shop here. He's twitching. 
He's just too much energy here. He's there. Uh, he doesn't realize he's the main screen of the broadcast at the minute. I don't think either. He wouldn't be moving as accessibly. Oh, would. How would I for pixels? Um, if we're talking about the co-main event here, Paddy Hulan versus Louis Smolka, very quickly. Um, Smolka, you cannot deny his improvement between his switch in music to his Neil Siri fight. But then again, Paddy Hulahan does seem to be on a different level here. Paddy Hulahan by submission, I think, in round two. Some funky jiu-jitsu. The man looks like he's made out of rubber. And I do think it's really going to be the start of the upward trajectory in terms of Paddy Hulahan's career. Then again, Louis Smoke is an islander himself. An absolute nutcase. He's here to fight. He's here to fight till the death. He claims to be a samurai. Let's see if he puts that to the test this Saturday night. Yeah, I think... Uh, I think... It's going to go off to the ground. I think it's going to be very exciting on the ground. Um, I think I don't know. I think I think Paddy Hoolan will win, but I think will he get the finish? Maybe mounted triangle, something like that. Pizza. Um. Yeah, no, I said, what did I say? Second round submission, I said it already, didn't I? I'm sorry, I didn't know we're not meant to give the predictions. There you go. Uh, no, me neither. This is kind of a, this is a, a Sheehan initiative, and I like it. I have to yeah. say, it's going, a, it's going a good way to finish off the show. Hashtag Sheehan knows. Hashtag Sheehan nation. Main event. Um, main event. This is the one that I am looking forward to the most. I think Joseph Duffy is going to announce himself as well. I think this is, although it's flying under the radar, I think it will be a post-reactionary coming-out party for a lot of the Irish fighters. And um, Joseph Duffy is going to top the list. I think we're going to come out, we're going to see his hands, we're going to see his striking. And I do think he's going to answer a bit of a wrestling question. I wouldn't be surprised to see Dustin Poirier grapple and tussle with him a little bit, maybe try to push him down against the cage. You have to realize, though, Poirier has been on an absolute tear at 155 since the McGregor fight. He's looked completely rejuvenated, completely different. Maybe the weight cut to 145 was just the worst thing possible for his body. So I'm not completely counting it out. I can see Joseph Duffy getting put in the trenches. I don't think it's going to be as easy for him as his Glasgow fight was. But I do think we're going to get a lot of questions answered about Joseph Duffy, namely his heart, his character, his determination, and how he kind of... I can see him losing the first round, put it that way. I can see Paria coming out like a bat out of hell and really putting it on. Like a bat out of hell! I think Duffy's going to land body shots, land a high kick, and finish him off. I, I think Joseph Duffy's like... Imagine if Holly Holm could fight well in MMA. That's Joseph Duffy. <laughs> Oh, I think you UFC Dublin next year. Holly Holm falls into insecurity. Sean Sheehan goes up to do an interview with her. Hey, Holly, guess what he thinks? Oh God, yeah, but I think the, I think that high kick Duffy, like Parry's chin. McGregor said it before. Like people may have taken that tongue in cheek, but Dustin Parry has a has a questionable chin. Kira Kurasani knocked him down twice. McGregor knocked him out. Duffy is so accurate. His boxing is really good. His high kicks are good. I could see him softening him up with a few body shots. As Andrew, I know you loved him. And then landing a big shot, big kick, finishing him. Second round? Peter Carroll. Oh, first of all, I just don't think you should you know, take it so lightly what that man did in Glasgow. He actually bet Batman. All right? Not a lot of people <laughs> can say... They have beaten Batman in a fight, but Joseph Duffy can Am say... Am I missing a joke? Oh, yeah, his nickname was Batman. <laughs> <laughs> right. He was he's fucking not, Batman. Pizzi, right, here's better. an example. 
this can is your joke, right? That was embarrassing. Oh, that was embarrassing. It's very oh. Winter's watching this. We won't be on fight pass anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. We can do better. Eric. <laughs> Sean and Pete. Andrew's out of the deal. Andrew's out of the deal. But Andrew completely. We won't do any more improv. <laughs> I actually, I meant to say that. Sorry, before Pete gives his prediction, Eric Winter must have some North Korean technology going down. You know, he heard his name yeah. mentioned. Kim Jong Un, North Korea. Kim, oh look, we're getting viewers as I'm saying this. Kim Jong Un, North Korea. We've gotten two viewers since I started talking about North Korea. How's how's Kim? Are you well? How are things? Good and luck. now we've lost them. Pizzi, <laughs> uh, what's going to happen? Um, I don't know. Um, I suppose it's going to be very interesting. I'm looking, well, thanks uh, very much for that, hey, Peter Carroll. We, the man is there. I think I think he's I think Duffy's gonna win. I just um you know what I'd be interested to see if it went to the later rounds for both the guys. That's that's what I, I'd like to see you know. And Duffy said to me when we, when we talked to him in the uh, Gibson that day, he was like, I want I want someone to you know bring the war out. Like I wanted I want to have that fight. And I think Poirier is a man who could do that. You know I think I think Duffy's a lot more uh, refined in the striking department though. And I can't, like I can't see Poirier. I can't like. Uh, I don't see Poirier kind of getting him down, to be honest. Like he's very like it's gonna be interesting with that stance as well. Um, people often don't use that kind of boxing stance, that like get, getting your shoulder in front of your face because it, you know, they think you're more susceptible to takedown. So it'll be interesting to see if he does actually try and do that and how Joe will react to it. But um, I think I think the the fight will be won in the striking exchange, and I think Duffy is the better of the two, has more to offer in terms of striking. Excellent. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for giving up your afternoon. Um, we did get a couple of questions. The last one I saw, Pizzi, where'd you get your T-shirt? Oh, my girlfriend got it for me. So thank you, Elaine. Uh, cheers. Keeper. She's a keeper. Yeah, yeah. Who is it? Is it Helio? Get her a pair of gloves for Christmas. And then I'll yeah, do you know what? Yeah, my dad, yeah, it is Helio. It's Helio when he was about like 30 odd. And my dad, when I wore it the first time, was like, Who's that? Freddie Mercury? <laughs> <laughs> my dad was Freddie Mercury for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that's quality, yeah. But uh, yeah, so, yeah, it does. It says some pretty fucking angry shit on the back of it, like you know, I iron bar people for my family or something like that. So you know what I mean. I try and keep that covered up with a jumper, like so. Congrati for life. Um, if you've enjoyed your, this is replacing the podcast for this week, or so I'm told. So if you want to get in touch with us between the next week, please tweet at Severe MMA Pod at Sean Sheehan Ba. Thank you to the wonderful at Pizzi Carroll, much better than Jeremy Botter for all of his contributions. Oh, 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 uh, the week before Halloween. Also, a subtle reminder, UFC Dublin is this Saturday, but it's also seven days before my birthday, the 31st of October. You still have all oh. of the time to get the presents in, send the presents. Uh, we may set up a P.O. box if the demand is big enough for all of it the It is going to be. Every, you know, everyone can buy just, you your first drink for your birthday. And what? So you get it? No, no. We were going to be like... <laughs> I am honestly envisioning a scenario being held down by the two of you and force-fed drink. Are you in for that pizza? 
I don't know, man. His guard's very good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hold him down. You're my best friend. I, I can't think of a better way to finish this uh, podcast. You just want so, someone to look after him. <laughs> yeah, just to look after me, pretty much. That's all it is. Anyway, lads, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for everyone to watching it. Uh, you two stay there because this ends weirdly. I'm going to end the broadcast now live for everyone. Do you want thank my inspiration for watching? Yes, I do. I was going to ask for it. Okay. It never gets easier. You just get better. See you next week.